You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. I am your host Brady Trantham alongside the awesome, the lovely, the incredible Miss Madison Morris. And everybody, you're going to have to bear with us both. Um, poor Madison, she has worked herself to death. Um, last night, of course, she was um, at, like we said, I think we said it during the postgame show last night, she was at a uh, five, fifth-year high school reunion, and she was not just partying. She had to drive everybody home because she's a responsible adult, <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't drink and drive like everyone should follow suit. And, uh, yes, she didn't get to watch the game, no, but she still worked her little tail off. And then today we had to wake up early and do the Basketball Insider Show for 107.7 The Franchise, which was a lot of fun. But then Madison also had to go to her other job and basically come straight here after her second job to the arena where the Oklahoma City Thunder control and almost dominate I don't want to say dominate because they they only win the game by six and they were pretty much up by 10 or 11 or 12 points pretty Mm -hmm. much the whole game so that's not a complete domination but they controlled the LA Clippers Uh, what was the final score I I don't even have it up because I'm I'm terrible at my job it was 110 to 102 104 104. yeah 110 to 104 the final score uh, in a game the Thunder pretty much controlled from the tip but um Anyway, so, you know, I didn't even say, like, what I was trying to say at the very beginning. So the whole point of that whole Madison spiel, yes, she works her tail off, but Madison's voice is not 100%, so um, this may go up, and if it does, <laughs> congratulations, you get to hear really cute Madison voice. Oh <laughs> Otherwise, I hate this voice so hey, much. She's tired. It's a second night of a back-to-back for all of us, so um, please, please send your thoughts and prayers to Miss Madison Morris, but Madison... Again, this was about as well as you can play on the second night of the back-to-back. Um, having coming back from a, uh, it wasn't an embarrassing loss. It was an embarrassing loss in terms of how the Thunder finished that game with the Russell Westbrook from Murray kind right. of mix-up. Um, tempers flared. Uh, Russell didn't have a, a particularly good shooting night. Um, he's, that's kind of been his thing for the last two, week and a half or two. Tonight, a lot of the same thing for Russell Westbrook from shooting from the floor, but. If you went into this game like I did, thinking the Thunder are going to look tired, they're probably going to lose because the Clippers are a pretty good team. Uh, The Clippers had a day of rest. The Thunder did not. Um, Just how last night went, I am amazed how well the Thunder played tonight. Right. Well, I mean, for one, um, Paul was saying in the locker room tonight that anytime they have a back-to-back, it kind of just – sets a fire underneath their feet that they really want to come back and especially since they'd been on the road they picked up two consecutive losses in someone else's arena they wanted to come back to chesapeake and they wanted to show that you know they weren't tired fatigue was not a thing because i think a lot of people love to like look and blame it on being tired and their bodies being sore and their minds being all over the place because they just finished a game not even 24 hours before they stepped on the court again but you know paul was saying that Every, every game's going to be a battle, but when you lose two consecutive ones and you get to come home and get a win in front of your home crowd, you know, that's just something they strive for. It's something they think about going into the game. And, you know, Paul, of course, had another dominant night that's been kind of a thing for him lately. And um, I think he especially is acknowledging that and the fact that 
uh, they haven't really had a losing streak. And correct me if I'm wrong, they really haven't had a losing streak since they went 0-4 to start the season. So this kind of just like set it off that they really wanted to come back and they wanted to get back to their winning ways, and that's what they tried to do tonight. Yeah, I don't think they really had had a losing streak as much as they've had. I mean, going into tonight, they were losers of three of their last four. Mm -hmm. And since that big Detroit win um, two Mondays ago, which looked like their best basketball they had played all year on both mm -hmm. sides of the floor, on the road in the NBA against a fairly good team with Detroit – um, they have since played some very uncharacteristic basketball, um, shoddy perimeter defense, allowing teams like Chicago to light up from the three-point line. Brooklyn, of course, they have the capability to light you up from the three-point line, but still, that's that's a team that you don't want to allow to get that hot from the three-point. I mean, 7-11 right. from Allen Crabb that night was inexcusable. Um, and then New Orleans, while they didn't light you up from the uh, three-point line, they own the paint like it's never been owned before, especially in 2018 NBA. Yeah. Just, um, you know, just a bad stretch of basketball. And, you know, some of that can be, you know, thrown upon, you know, Russell Westbrook struggling from shooting from the floor. When your best player is struggling to the point that Russell is, mm -hmm. you're going to have some struggles as a team. But still the Thunder have found themselves in positions to win all these games, mm -hmm. even though they've this has been their probably their worst stretch of the year, even going to that 0-4 start. Yeah. They put themselves in positions to win all these games, the Chicago game, New Orleans game. Last night the, the score ended up getting a little bit out of hand, but that was a game the Thunder had a chance with a minute or so left in the game to mm -hmm. take the um, to tie or take the lead. Um, and that's, you know, all the credit goes to the Thunder defense. But tonight, again, it's just I, I was amazed how well they played. And I think the Thunder actually are – I think they're undefeated on um, the second night of a back-to-back. -back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think before last night they were undefeated on back-to-backs. Okay. I think I think they'd I think they'd only had two and they were 4-0 in those games. But now for sure they are 3-0 and on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. So, so to Paul's point, yes, I mean, that's – that's something that um, we're seeing this team do is they're saying things and they're, they're putting them into action, which is yeah. a complete contrast to last year where they would tell us routinely, we're not worried, this is going to happen, we're not going to allow it to get to this point, yeah. we, we beat the great team so it's going to show up in the postseason. They would say things and then it just wouldn't materialize. It wouldn't reflect Yeah, on, it yeah. wouldn't necessarily materialize <laughs> on the court consistently. Right. But this this team is different. They're they're making things happen. And to to um, what you were saying, Paul George is just playing incredible basketball right now. Yeah, and I think frustrations were just really flaring last season, also because, like Brady was saying, you know, we would go into the locker room, and it would be the same questions over and over. You know, why is this happening? What's kind of going on in y'all's heads? What like what's changed out there that's made these games so lethargic for you guys? It's just not working out. And we would get the same answers every single time. And don't worry about it. Like. We're going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, this is just a bad stress for us. But, you know, when you say that and you say that, but then you step on the court the next game and it doesn't reflect anything you said in the pre previous game, you know, it's just kind of like a, okay, this is getting a little out of hand. But this season, it's been completely different. And, I mean, it, like tonight, Russell Westbrook had the weirdest game because he didn't score until real late in the second quarter, and it was three-pointer. He was 0 for 7 from the floor. Right, and then at one point he was 2 of 2 from 3 and 0 of 9 from the field. And it, that, it was the weirdest thing. That first three-pointer he hit, it wasn't some in rhythm like somebody made the extra pass and it happened to be Russell Westbrook all right. alone at the elbow beyond the three-point line. No, it was the result of a steal. Paul George races down the floor with the ball, and then he throws it to Russell Westbrook, who has nobody at the rim yeah. in front of him. And if there was somebody there, it was somebody backing up, backpedaling to the yeah. rim, trying to get back on defense from the Clippers. 
And so you think, okay, Russell, who's struggling from the floor, he's not going to shoot that three. He's going to get to the rim and at the very worst get fouled because just like I said, the Clippers were backpedaling at that point. But Russell takes a step forward, then stops, carries, um, holds himself, takes a step back, and launches a three, and I'm just thinking, oh, my <laughs> no! God, no, 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 please. I don't want to watch this meltdown. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, the dude sank the shot. Oh, it just and went right in. I think Russell missed two more shots after that, and they were both inside the arc. Oh my but gosh, then yeah. Russell made his next two three-pointers. Yeah, it was he was ba- He was basically three for three from the three-point line and 0 for 9 inside the arc at one yeah. point. He, ended, he ends up missing a three-pointer towards the end of the game. He finished three or four. <laughs> but I yeah. was going to say, I really wanted him not to take that last three-pointer because I wanted so bad. Russell Westbrook finishes a game 100% from the three-point line. But, uh, no, that didn't happen. Um, There was just a lot of times that Russ missed some wide-open layups, and uh, there was a couple times he did what he does best usually and where he just kind of drives it into the basket and lays it right up, and guys usually just get out of his way because they see the explosion that comes with Russ driving to the basket like that. But, you know, this time it just wasn't working, and there was a lot of times there was noticeable frustrations and – You know, guys that were sitting a little closer were able to tweet that out. And it was just so interesting to kind of see, like, Russell Westbrook, one of the greatest basketball players of our time right now, have such a rough demeanor, like, towards himself. And he's upset with himself. It's noticeable. And he shows it. And, you know, it was just weird. But tonight it was just, you know, he is such a dominant player though he's able to contribute in other aspects when he's not doing well shooting. Like, I think the first four points or the first six points for the Thunder tonight, they were all from Russell. Like, that was his assist. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, that that's crazy. And uh, Travis Singleton, the sneaker reporter, shout out Travis, he brought this up in the locker room. Apparently Russell Westbrook has now passed Kobe Bryant on the all-time assist. Yeah, he um, – he- I believe it was 30th, you know, because yes. Kobe's not going to be top 10 in assists. Let's just, let's just be honest here. But still, it's quite the milestone. It's the oh, na- yeah. it's quite the name to pass in the annals of NBA history. I mean, oh, Russell, sure. who grew up a huge Kobe fan, being from Southern California and yeah. L.A., um, definitely a big moment for him. Uh, but he also had a season-high six steals. But to what you were saying, that kind of shows the greatness of Russell Westbrook because despite the fact that he's he's been in a very noticeable bad stretch of just shooting he's been in a terrible funk where he doesn't even look like himself tonight he he airballed a free throw jumper (laughs) and it just looks like he's i mean brett dawson said it during the game he and we both kind of had the same thought he he just happened to tweet it out fast he's got faster twitter fingers than i do (laughs) um but uh it just it really looks like a guy russell westbrook being it looks like a guy trying to aim his shot right and i'm sure a lot of you guys that are listening to the podcast have probably seen that video that clip of me shooting (laughs) uh and going what (laughs) 0 for 9. It <laughs> uh, looked like Russell Westbrook tonight, but that that particular clip, at the very beginning, I'm trying to miss them on purpose, but then I missed two or three in a row, and they looked ugly, and then kind of pride set in, and I was like, no, I need to make this. And when I was trying to make them, I was trying to aim the shot. And if you've ever played basketball, if you try to aim the shot, it's going to be an ugly miss. And that's what that's what it looks like with yeah. Russell. And there was even a jumper in the first half. Um, he took like a 15-foot jumper from the uh, inside the elbow of the three-point line where it looked like the most in-rhythm Russell Westbrook shot that he's had in about a week and a half, yeah. and it still didn't fall. And it's just... That's, that's just like the epitome of what's going on. Yeah, with and right that's now. that's just gonna gonna happen in the NBA. I mean, some of the best shooters in NBA history have gone through funks like this. Uh-huh. And, um, but back to the original point, yes, Russell's going through all these 
this shooting struggles, but the guy is still routinely ending up with double-digit assists, mm-hmm. double-digit rebounds. He's near averaging a triple-double. He needed his, one more rebound tonight to yeah. get a triple-double. His fingerprints are still all over the game. Oh, and yeah. that just like Paul George, Paul George's fingerprints are all over the game on both sides of the floor, and that's why he's getting MVP conversation uh-huh. you know, talk around him. Russell is kind of in the same boat in that he's he's making an effort on the defensive end. He's rebounding. I mean, last night against the Nuggets when nobody besides Steven and Russell Westbrook were rebounding, that's mm-hmm. that's one reason why the Thunder weren't run out of the gym early on was because of Russell's rebounding. And he's distributing. He's not letting his shooting struggles affect how he runs the offense when he's not the one taking the shot. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's incredibly good for this team moving forward. I think it's something you can be very optimistic about if you're a Thunder fan because we it, it could be so easy if you're Russell Westbrook to just pack it in and say, I'm sucking from the floor. I'm not getting my points. Mm-hmm. Screw it. I don't care. Right. I'm just I'm going to have three assists. I don't care. It's just let Dennis Schroeder do everything. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna try and get mine. That's basically the narrative that follows Russell Westbrook, you know, nationally to some people. That's how they view him. But as we've seen in these last few weeks, despite his struggle, he's still able to make quite the impact on all other facets of the floor. Yeah, and he was asked about that in postgame tonight. And I really liked his answer because he was upfront about it. And he acknowledged, you know, my shots haven't been falling. I haven't been strung uh, from the paint right now. That's just kind of something I'm going through. But, I mean, he did kind of give that cookie-cutter answer of, it's going to be fine. Like, I'm going to figure it out. But, you know, it wasn't, there was something different about his answer. Instead of saying, like, oh, it's going to be fine. Like, I'm going to figure it out. Like, don't worry about it. He was more <laughs> like, you know, um, yeah, I'm just going to have to keep working on it. I'm going to have to get stronger. I'm going to have to uh, get better looks. I'm going to have to think about it a little bit more before I just chunk it up. You know, he was, he was basically being as blunt as he possible, as Russell Westbrook possibly would be about himself. And, it was kind of like a moment. I think all of us were just kind of like raising our eyebrows like, wow, okay. We kind of expected like a real short and sweet, I got this, like don't worry about it answer. And that wasn't what we got at all. It was yeah, nice. You, yeah, you could certainly see how this team is in good spirits because, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they're just not as shocked, amazed, but they're just as proud of this win as I am right now just because of all the factors that went into it and how oh, yeah. bad their play has been the last week and a half. I mean, even going back to that Brooklyn game, that's a game they probably lose. 99 times out of 100, but it was just that one game where Paul George hits the game-winning shot and drops 44 points and is just the best player on earth. Like, sometimes that's going to happen. Uh Um, But overall, this is a really, really good win because – It was a good win. Yeah, they go back – they jump up to 18-10 and now um, because they could have very easily dropped this game, second night of a back-to-back, like we've said a zillion times now on this podcast, um, (laughs) and – just lost a little bit of the ground that they've built up after that 0-4 start where they had won what 16 they'd gone 16 and 4 um 16 and 3 17 and 4 or whatever just really really good basketball that they've been able to build up um their confidence their rhythm and I think it's I think it's a good thing that we're sitting here talking about Russell Westbrook's shooting struggles and it's mid-December, and this isn't, you know, post-All-Star break. This is post-All-Star break. You might want to start raising some red flags, but if you're going to go through some struggles if, and you're an NBA team, do it now and also win, and that's what the Thunder are doing. Yeah, exactly, and I could not agree more with that because it's it's refreshing. You know, obviously Russell Westbrook is struggling. It's not a big secret. It's something that's very noticeable, and um, it's been going on for a couple of games now, but, you know, he's still – getting triple doubles or he's almost getting triple doubles um the thunder are winning 
They did have a couple of bad losses, but that's going to happen. It's December. We're about, what, 30-plus games in, something like that. And so, you know, stuff like that is going to happen. And uh, you have other guys contributing when guys like Russ aren't performing well on offense. But then, you know, he will have, what would you say, six steals? Yeah, yeah six it steals. was a season-high six steals. Yeah, and then the Thunder – forced 26 turnovers compared to uh, I think Los Angeles only made the Thunder turn the ball over 11 times so you know it's just it was a weird game I actually thought it started out a little slow but then I would looked up and Paul George had like 13 points I was yeah. like when did he when did he get any you, of those you know <laughs> it's, it's a weird game because not every time can you not watch a game look at the box score and get the complete story or get at least the main gist of like okay that's why this team won because, you know, the cliche goes, you know, numbers don't tell you the entire story. They only tell you a part of the story. Sometimes you got to mix analytics with the eye test. Tonight, you can look at it simply as thus. The Clippers take 75 shots. Okay. The Thunder forced 26 turnovers. The Thunder shot 90 field goals. They took 15 more shots than the Clippers. And the, this is all while the Clippers shoot 50% from the floor, 52% from the three-point line. You know, despite those shooting splits, the Clippers still lose, and it's because of this Thunder defense. Mm -hmm. And, again, like, I don't know how many times we're going to sit here and say how great this defense is, but they have yet to play a bad game. And I I say a bad game in terms of they're getting blown off the floor by 15 or 20. Now, yes, Anthony Davis had 44 points. Anthony Davis is an all-star. He's an MVP caliber player. You don't want to give up 44 points of course but mm-hmm. that's a guy that you can like okay yeah that's what Anthony Davis does he does right. that to every team in the league pretty much um, but what is inexcusable is the 70 points in the paint um, what was inexcusable about the Bulls Bulls game was not the fact that the Bulls um, you know won the game I mean that's yeah it's an NBA game you're going to lose games that you probably should win but it was the fact that they shot so hot from the three-point line but despite those two examples the Thunder had a chance to tie or take the lead under 10 seconds in both those games and it's because mm-hmm. of this defense and whether they are forcing turnovers or getting timely stops I mean they even did it last night with Denver um, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook comes up with two big steals that really ignites the Thunder's run and take brings them back um, from a deficit that I thought like okay they're done I think there's like three or four minutes left and all of a sudden you're thinking oh okay maybe the Thunder are going to steal this win mm-hmm. it ended up not being you know in the Thunder saver but I mean, when you can't shoot the ball well and when your best player is having just some mental block from putting the ball in the hole, even whether he's getting to the rim or not, free throw line or not, um, it's really nice to see that you can depend on this defense to at least give the Thunder a chance. And when you've got players like Russell Westbrook, like Paul George, you got to like your chances if it's mm-hmm. down to a possession or two at the end of the game. Right, and I'm also a little proud of Russ right now because there was no uh... – Major debacle on the court tonight. Yeah, Patrick Beverly was here. <laughs> a lot of booze. Well, Oklahoma City fans definitely let us know that he was in the building. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second he stepped on the court, this this place got really loud, like really loud. Uh, it and was, it was not nice. <laughs> it was funny um, during the pregame um, introductions. Of course, Patrick Beverly is not a starter, so he's not going to get the right. uh, pregame intro. But uh, I'm sitting next to I'm sitting next to you, and on one side, up in the press box, on the other side of me is everybody's favorite, Mr. Andrew Andrew Schlecht from the OKC Dream Team and Daily Thunder, uh, was in attendance tonight, watching the game with us up in the press box. 
But I kind of leaned over towards him and just said, like, okay, after the PA announcer introduces the five Clippers stars, he should just say, oh, and coming off the bench, Patrick Beverly, just so the <laughs> entire so arena can just it. boo and just, <laughs> you know, just wake everybody up. It'd be, it'd be, it would have been a really good oh, opportunity so to kind of jump on something that doesn't really happen. Yeah, and Patrick Beverly, you know, of course, did what Patrick Beverly does and uh, made a big commotion, made a big scene. He did pick up a technical, of course. Um, I forgot what the disagreement was about. I think he got called for something and uh, he just definitely didn't agree and he was very animated about it and this plays no role in it I just thought it was a little funny um, it was the female referee that he was getting on to and I was watching the whole thing go down and she was just kind of standing there ignoring him and then all of a sudden you see her blow the whistle and tech him and I think honestly she was just like I'm so over you dude like please stop harking in my ear right now yeah it's a Lauren (laughs) I don't blame her I I had to look it up I I I thought her name was Lauren something I'm I'm glad I didn't say it but it's Lauren Holtkamp oh man she she deserves an award (laughs) (laughs) she had a couple of people harking at her well also I got to give it up to Patrick Beverly because not only did he hit that big three towards the end of the game because despite the Thunder really controlling this game it did get down to eight points with Mm. about three or four minutes left in the fourth quarter the Thunder, of course, went on a little a mini run, and a mini run when you're up eight, that balloons the lead back up to double digits. And that late in the game, is just like, okay, the Thunder are going to take care of business, and they right. ended up doing so. Um, but here are Patrick Beverly's shooting splits. 100, 100, 100. He was two for two from the floor, and his only shots were from the three-point line, so he's two for two from the three-point line, and he was three for three from the foul line. So not bad for the old uh, defensive stopper. three-point shooter. Uh, yeah, it's not the... It's not it the, like, it, the ball doesn't go up very high. It's like a straight, like, line drive, like in baseball Just or take something. it. Just put it... Just drop it <laughs> in the... And it yeah, went and, in. I was like, there's yeah. no way that shot's going... Oh, it, it went in. Never mind. Yeah, and, you know, overall, you know, you and I... Actually, I think you had left this morning. You only did the Basketball Insider show this morning for you about an hour. Like, a, Yeah, like for about an hour. So you may have not... You may have been in this conversation, but I don't think so, because I think I was in the other room. So anyway... We were kind of having a discussion about what the Clippers are overall because they start off really hot and they ended up being, you know, first in the West to everybody's surprise, them or Memphis to everybody's surprise for the first two weeks of the NBA season. They've since kind of cooled down. But that's something you can kind of expect mm-hmm. because while they do have a, a roster of about nine or ten guys deep that you can depend on to mm-hmm. bring you something – what that is is just it's really it just depends on the player mm-hmm. but you know guys like Danilo Gallinari Tobias Harris they're proven scorers Marcin Gortat he's a proven scorer and a really he's an awesome screen setter you know I ask, noted that ask, he was a really good screen setter ask any team he's been on when he leaves John Wall John Wall and Bradley Bill have talked about this with the Wizards they miss his screens because the shots don't get that don't get very wide open if you don't have a guy that can set you some hard screens. Like yeah. that's why that's why Steve Nams is so valuable for this team. Paul George and Russell Westbrook, when you know most of the time Russell Westbrook over his career, I'm talking about, or his bread and butter butter shot is you know a mid range shot. A lot of that comes from Steven Nams just simply mm-hmm. standing in front of his defender because <laughs> the guy's a brick wall. But um, you know, but with the Clippers, they're a good team and they're a team that can beat you in in situations like this when you're coming back from the road on the second night of a back-to-back because while they don't have a superstar they've got a bunch of guys that can just do their job and they know exactly what they are they know exactly how to do it and they do it do it at a pretty good clip now again they are going through a really really, you know rough stretch on, on in their own right but again to the Thunder's credit 
it's good that this win came against a team like like that. Mm-hmm. Now, if this was like Phoenix, you could just say, well, Phoenix is trash. If this was, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta is trash. It's good that this win, considering how last night went, considering how the last week went, it came against a team like the Clippers, who could be vying for playoff playoff contention as the season wears on. They may not, may not make it because, as as I was just saying. They started off hot. They don't really have that guy to kind of sustain their success. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that how it all plays out. But they're a team that you can hang your hat on and be proud that, okay, even though last night was bad, this was a good win. Yeah, and they were number one in the West not that long ago. So it's not like you can just turn your nose up at the Clippers because they've had, like, a couple bad past seasons. You know, this team, this team came to fight. They came to fight the last time they were here. And, you know, it's I, do, I really do think that this is just a really good win for the Thunder and – it's mainly just because they came out and fought. They didn't let fatigue or the fact that they had maybe a couple hours of rest um, deter them from getting this win over Los Angeles. And, I mean, like you said, Los Angeles, they don't exactly have, like, a one-set player like a Russell Westbrook or a Paul George. But they have guys like Gallinari who were knocking down three-pointers left and right to start the game. And Yeah, he was 10-16 um, from the floor. The guy always has a good game. Oh, yeah. Thunder. He was, you know, he was fantastic. And... Um, I forgot who they are. Who was that other guy? That was, he was Avery Bradley? Oh, yes, and Tobias Harris. That's what I was thinking of. You know, guys like that, they just come out and they're dominant on, you know, when they get their shot, that's the kind of shot that they take, and that's what they're going to use to beat their opponents. But, you know, the Thunder were able to hold them. They were, you know, they, got, they let them get a little close. I think that's kind of an ongoing thing for the Thunder in the fourth quarter, though. You know, as time winds down, it's going to get a little close, and they're going to, make people peel their skin off while <laughs> they have no idea what's going to happen. But, you know, I don't know. I, Yeah, that's my analysis for the night. <laughs> it's good stuff. Really, I'm a great podcaster. You know, you're, you're, you're good at what you do, Madison. That's why I, that's why I keep you around. Um, <laughs> before we get to the question and comment section, which, believe it or not, we do have two questions. <laughs> I'm considering we're, we're, we started recording at 12.02. We usually record this at around 10.45 whenever yes, the sure. locker room stuff wraps up. And, of course, tonight was a little bit late because it was an 8 o'clock tip-off, so everything's a little bit out of whack. But I was um, running the uh, was running the first take post-game show on the franchise um, immediately following the game. So I, I run over to Flint's just a, a, block and a block away from the arena do that for about an hour, then I run back here. Mass is just waiting for me. So you know, like surprisingly, we have some we have some questions. But before we get into that, on the post game show, I I went against the grain a little bit because we have the you know the player of the game, the game ball portion of the segments, and of course the easy answer is Paul George. And I wouldn't argue. Thirty three points, eleven of nineteen from the floor, five of nine from the um, three point line. But I really got to give this to Jeremy Grant because mm-hmm. I. I I had that thought, you know, when we were eating dinner in the uh, media dining room before tip-off of, if I'm tired, this team is exhausted. And the way that game went last night, I just, in L.A. being a pretty good team with some talent, I don't know if they have it in them right now. Mm -hmm. Because they're playing bad basketball. Their best player is in a shooting funk. Just all signs pointed to a thunder loss. And it would have been excusable in the sense of all those factors considered. It's like, yeah, of course they were going to lose. They looked. They did not look like the team that was on the second night of the back-to-back. They played with a lot of energy. They played with a lot of hustle and tenacity, mm-hmm. and they played within their offense, and they leaned on their defense to make big plays, and that's exactly what happened. But what started it off was Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. In the first three Clippers possessions, I think they missed a shot, 
and then Jeremy Grant blocks two Marcin Gortat mm-hmm. um, layup attempts. And it just got the thunder started. It got the arena pumped up, got Russell and Paul George running down the floor, ended up, um, I think it got two Stephen Adams uh, easy buckets mm-hmm. on the other end. And it really set the tone for the thunder, and it basically showed you that if they're going to go down, it's going to be because their legs just wear out as mm-hmm. the game progresses. But they're not going to get blown off their floor to start the game off. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that just did wonders for this team as the game ended up progressing. Uh, but even you know, even past those blocks, Jeremy Grant, 8 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 3 from the three-point line, um, 18 points, 4 rebounds, an assist, uh, and, and those two blocks to go along with another block he had later on. But... Um, it led into the Thunder having seven blocks overall as a team, and it just really erased the Clippers' paint presence. The Thunder ended up owning the paint 54-30. to 30. And, again, it was just – I've said it 20 times now. It was a really good win, and yeah. they did it in a lot – they did it in a great way. It wasn't just because Paul George had 50 points and he was the best player on the floor. They right. did they, – they won according to their strengths and their characteristics. And on the second night of the back-to-back, when they're tired, that's – that's an incredible win. Mm-hmm. No, I like Jeremy Grant. I like the energy he brings to the floor when he's out there. And uh, there, there's only been a couple of games he's gotten into foul trouble and he would have to go sit down for a while. But, you know, when he's out there, he is really good on defense. Um, he's not the most loud player on offense, but when he does make those shots, uh, I think it was right there with maybe two or so minutes left in the game. He was able to have that dunk. And it kind of just solidified the Thunder win. It helped people uh, remain super energetic to help the guys really finish out. And um, I think by that time, the Clippers had brought it back within six. But then Jeremy Grant was able to get that dunk. And he's just one of those players. He loves to fire the crowd up. He loves to make good plays and big plays when he's needed. And he's pretty fearless when he gets out there and plays. And that's all you can ask for for a guy or from a guy. Well, let's uh, let's get these questions and get out of here because I'm tired. Um, we actually got one. Qu- we got two questions uh, towards the beginning of the show. Um, this one comes from Zoe, which is at phi underscore l s o n or i s o n. I believe you asked a question. You've asked a question before because I have read that. What's up, Zoe? I've, uh, you, please, uh, if you hear if you're hearing this portion of the podcast, please let me know if that's an I or an L because I don't want to keep <laughs> mispronouncing it. But. Uh, he asks, chances on PG being a starter in the All-Star game. Oh, well, so I, I don't know, Madison, if you're familiar with how they do the All-Star format now. It's not East versus West, but that's how they started mm-hmm. off. Kawhi Leonard's not in the West anymore, so that's that's good for Paul George's chances. Right. I think if Paul George keeps this up, I think it's I think it's no question he's going to be a starter. Yeah. Um, but I, even, if, even if – you know, barring some other player that I can't think of right now because it's uh, 12:40 in the uh, morning, um, <laughs> I think he's going. He's going to be a starter, but it's definitely not going to be a repeat of last year, where when the initial All Star votes came out, he was not among the All Star players, and it oh. became this big circus and this big controversy. And Russell Westbrook got pissed off about it. Right. And then after like a few injuries, then I think Paul George was like the next guy he, in line. Yeah. Ended up being an All Star. Paul George is not was just. It, was a, it Boogie? Boogie got hurt. Boogie got hurt. And so they pulled um, Paul up. Yeah. Um, yeah, now Boogie's coming back, so uh, Golden State. <laughs> How are we going to acclimate this All NBA center to our rotation? <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a strong chance. I think 
I think there's even a stronger chance that Paul, if Paul keeps this up, and I don't know if he can just because he's so streaky. Right. But if he keeps this up on both both ends of the floor, he's going to be up for starting as an all-star player. He's going to be up for defensive player of the year. And he's going to be in the MVP conversation. Is he mm-hmm. going to win it? I don't think so because Giannis is on a different level. LeBron James is there. Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard is on a different level. Um, there's a lot of hills for him to overcome, but it is right. a long season, so who knows. But if he's even in the top three or four, that's that's only going to be good things for the Thunder. Yeah, and just him being, you know, part of an all-star caliber, that's just phenomenal in itself. And, you know, maybe even Paul George coming off the bench in the all-star game isn't going to hurt. Um, you know, I, I do agree. I think Paul has some times where he is a little bit streaky, but, you know, he's just been on a real hot streak lately. And I can't help but just sit back and wonder when it's going to start to dwindle and go downhill. Um, But at the same time, even when, like what I was saying earlier, I don't know if we were recording when I told you this, Brady, but when I looked up in the first quarter and Paul already had 13, and I was like, when did he he score that? Like, I don't remember Paul making any of those shots. Um, You need to know I'm always recording. I am constantly recording our conversations. (laughs) You probably have already heard me say this, everybody, but... I have your house bugged. Um, oh, okay, good. <laughs> That's good. Um, but, yeah, no, I just – I think Paul is going to bring something great to the All-Star game no matter where he goes uh, – or, sorry, but no matter if he's in the starting lineup or if he's coming off the bench. I think he's going to represent the Thunder well. I think he's going to be a great teammate when that does happen. And, you know, it's just going to make Oklahoma City and the organization look great because he's going to work his booty off and – um, you know, he's going to continue to contribute to this Thunder team while the regular season is going on, and he's very focused, and he always lets us know on and off the court, and so it's just reassuring. Madison said booty on the OKC82 podcast. Well, I didn't want to say ass. So <laughs> Say ass. You can say ass Well, or then damn, he works his ass off. There you go. Booty is also acceptable. I liked booty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to clip that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> our, our good friend, hype man Harry, Mr. Harry, Harry Taylor. How you doing, brother? Thank you for the question. Um, he asks, what's the deal with the Russell free throws 2018 have actually gotten worse? Well, this is an ongoing theme for Russell Westbrook going back to last year. And while I don't want to just sit here and pretend like I'm throwing out an excuse for him, it's no longer an excuse. The fact that you cannot cross the three-point line anymore has ruined his free throw <laughs> rhythm. And I heard this before I started covering the Thunder back in 2016 when I was just a mere blog boy. Um, but once I started getting closer to the team, going to practices, going to events, um, talking to people in the organization, all those things that hear, you hear about Russell Wilson being a creature of habit, believe it and then multiply it times a million <laughs> because he, I've never seen somebody so meticulous yeah. or heard of like, like how he wants things done, how he wants things to be when he arrives, how he wants things to be when he leaves. It, it's it really made it kind of weird. Um, and this is a quick a quick aside. I'll get to the free throws in a second. But you know, before he signs that max, max extension, the prevailing thought is, oh yeah, Russell's gonna leave. He's mm-hmm. from Southern California. He wants to go play with the Lakers. He's a big fashion icon. Why does he want to stay in Oklahoma City? I'll tell you what. Once I started covering this team, it became more apparent that he's going to stay because he would have to start a new routine, mm-hmm. figure out where to park, figure out how to get into the arena, <laughs> figure out all these new things that he doesn't want to worry about because he is such a creature of habit. He's such right. a creature of habit that he has peanut butter and jelly sandwiches made for him at the practice <laughs> facility, and he has them cut a certain way. <laughs> and more power to him. He, he, he's earned that respect to where he, if he wants something done, 
he should get it. He runs the city. He runs this franchise. This is his team. It is. Um, so putting all that into the blender, it makes a little bit more sense why a little rule change could probably affect his free throw shooting. Yeah. Because he can no longer do what he's been doing since he said, since he started playing basketball, mm-hmm. he'd take his first shot, walk past the three-point line to kind of calm himself down because he plays so fast. He plays with so much passion and emotion he walks back to the free throw line and sinks the shot he was an 83 percent free throw shooter before the rule change and now he's in the 70s and right now he's in the 60s and it's really really bad yeah it's an adventure at the free throw line for russell westbrook so russ is doing this new thing and i really wish that the podcast had visuals right now because you're not going to be able to understand (laughs) what i'm doing but i'm just going to show brady he started doing this thing where he composes himself now and he's like yeah, he, he would do that sporadically, um, I mean, year, year in, in the past, where I used to I used to see it as, like, he was some Shakespearean actor, so just picture him in, like, this green, like, medieval European costume with, like, tassels and everything, and he holds the ball in his left hand, and then he raises his right hand and takes a deep breath and just puffs his chest and holds it and then releases. I think that's the most Russell Westbrook thing ever. Like it's like the basketball was like a skull and it was like it was like Hamlet. So that's why I made the <laughs> Shakespeare thing. But it looks really theatrical and dramatic. It does look very dramatic. Yeah, but hey, if it works for him, it works for him. Honestly, there are so many players that have little gimmies that they have to do before they shoot free throws. Like I've always been so intrigued by Kevin Durant's little right shoulder shake that he does. He does like a little <coughs> shoulder shimmy before he shoots it, and I don't understand that at all. But You know, that's just, I mean, yeah, Brady going back to the creature of habit. And, you know, if Russell's going to have to conform to something else uh, and kind of fit inside these new rules that are being made, he's going to do it his way and he's going to find his own way. Maybe he just hasn't figured it out completely yet, but he will. And, you know, I actually do say that with a lot of confidence. And I just, you know, I think that things are going to fall into place eventually. And that's something that they've been working on. Billy always tells us. When we go to practices, you know, we work on free throws. Is what we do, and mm-hmm. we see it. We see it with our own eyes. They're working on free throws all the time. Yeah. I, again, th- this is not going to continue forever. Not maybe not Russell's free throw shooting because it's been a year and a half long thing, but his his shooting struggles. That's not going to continue forever. This is something that's not going to be figured out. You know at the drop of a hat, like, in one game. This is going to take a while to get his conditioning back under, get his legs back under him. When that happens, he's going to be the same player that we've seen for, you know, the last six, seven, eight years, just one of the best players in the world. So just be patient, Thunder fans. Again, like I said, just be thankful that you're winning, and it's the complete opposite of last year. If Russell played like this last year, the Thunder wouldn't have even sniffed the playoffs. So there are always silver linings. It's crazy because, you know, Russell was playing pretty – he was decently – playing well last season and they were not winning so you know stranger things have happened am i right or am i right stranger things netflix season two sucked season two sucked i got to episode four and i got so bored it's trash it's pure rubbish don't watch it (laughs) we're gonna get sued now by netflix well madison i just want to thank the basketball gods for allowing your voice to make it through 40 minutes of podcasting it was awesome didn't even like you sound you sound good. You sound okay, good. So, uh, just like a real quick note, quick note before uh, we had locker room scrum, I had already left Brady and I had gone back down to section 103 and my voice was completely gone. Like it was just gone and I didn't know what was going on. And I tried talking to Michael. I tried talking to Adam and I could not get a single peep out. It got worse when we got to Billy's uh, post game presser and worse in the locker room, obviously. 
And finally, I just like downed some water and it uh, allowed me to have somewhat of a voice. So I'm sorry you had to listen to the scratchiness all podcast, but it'll get better, I swear. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to the doctor. Yay, Mastin to the doctor. Everyone, tease and peace for Miss Mastin Morris. Say a prayer. I hate the doctor. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast once again. Um, everybody, thank you for uh, listening to last night's episode, which was a little bit different. It was basically Chisholm and I yeah. during, during the post game, which we might do that in the future again, so we don't have to do the post game and the podcast. So I'll be sure to let everybody know, listening on the radio live, that not only are you listening to the first take post game show, you're also listening to the OKC80s mm-hmm. podcast, which you subscribe to. Um, but everybody, yes, thank you so much for listening to our show. Please um, subscribe, share, leave comments wherever you're listening. We're available every, everywhere. I, I'm pretty sure Stitcher, Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Please leave a five star review. Um, we really, really or six star. Pr- there is six Bump star. It up, yeah, man. just Bump screw it up. five stars. Be better. Um, yeah, <laughs> Be ev- better. <laughs> everybody, thank you so much for listening. Once again, the Thunder win 110 to 104 over the LA Clippers. You get the Chicago Bulls on Monday in Oklahoma City. But for Miss Madison Morris, uh, this is Bruce Tramp and signing off. Everybody, stay safe.